to We Drink and We Watch Things. I am Mackenzie. And my name's Lamar. And we are obviously drinking and talking about shit that we watch. So, Lamar, start us off. What are we drinking today? Uh, so, today we are drinking my famous peanut butter chocolate old fashioned. I discovered this at a bar called Dumont's Down Low. Just kidding, assholes. We're filming this on the same day as the last episode. <laughs> And clearly I'm trash because I asked that shit again. Yes. And I was so, like, by the way, yeah. tell me the same drink you just told me about. So hopefully you listened to last week's episode where we did the first five of this random ass top random 10 ass Halloween list. films that we found on CBSnews.com. Never forget. Uh, but yeah, so we're here to round out the last five and sort of yeah. throw our picks in. What are your thoughts? I mean, what are your biggest takeaways from you know thirty minutes ago from that that the first five that we went through? What, what do you? What's on your mind? So man, we we disagree a lot with this list. Is I is I think the big takeaway. I think, I think we'll do a little better in this half because we did purposely, as you know, right. eliminate some of the ones we didn't like out of the gate because I didn't yeah. want to spend much time on them, and somehow we still spent a fuck ton of time on yeah. them. Um, but yeah, I think we don't really agree with this list for all the limitations of it. Um, but we did have some gems on there, and I think we got we got some good we got some good ones out of it, some good replacements out of it. What were your replacements again? Uh, well, so like the ones that we went over so far to start, we talked about first we started with family friendly films. So we yeah. had uh, Halloween Town, aka Burning Garbage from 1998. Piping hot garbage. Yeah, we had The Witches from 1990, which we yeah. did disagree on. We did, we did. I liked it, you didn't like it. I didn't want it in my top 10, but I do enjoy the yeah. film. We talked about It's the Great no Pumpkin, Charlie people. Brown. Fuck yes, which Mackenzie was a huge fan of, and I enjoyed for the first time through. But Still because shocking. of runtime, I cut it out of my personal top ten. We talked about the Nightmare Before Christmas. A mm-hmm, mm-hmm, little bit of controversy mm-hmm. there of over controversy whether it's there. a Halloween Again, it's okay or Christmas wrong, movie. Like I said before. So Mackenzie kept kept that on your list, yeah. Kept that on, my and list. I took it off of mine just because of the time of year that I like to watch it. Weirdo. And the last one that we talked about before we wrapped up was Scream, which we both yeah. love, and that stayed yeah. in, correct? Mm-hmm. It did. It did. That was a good one. It just also reminded me of The Craft, if I if I recall. So I don't know that it was an official replacement, because I like Scream. I wouldn't replace it, but I, I did also think it was it was worthy of a mention. Right. So out out of the, the five that we went through, I actually replaced four. That won't be the same this four week. I, I liked five. a lot more of the adult picks in this list, yeah. but I replaced four out of five, so I threw in Beetlejuice, Shaun of the Dead, Cabin in the Woods, probably our most controversial Mm -hmm, discussion. We won't bring it back. We've talked way too much about Cabin in the Woods. And replacing Halloween Town, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Excellent choice. Tim Curry getting his third call out in two weeks. And who knows, maybe he'll get more by the time this is over. Probably, because actually, God, now this list gets You threw Dark Crystal on your list. It's not even over. (laughs) I was like, this list, we're not even over, and I can't get through this list. Okay, so what I replaced was, of course, Hocus Pocus. Uh, I brought in Hot as a replacement to Halloween Town. Family friendly, still a really good Halloween flick. Much more enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, I also replaced, um, what was it? The Witches with The Shining. Did not mm-hmm. think that it was, you know, a similar vibe at all, but definitely on my list. Definitely something that I uh, I think is a Halloween spooky feeling vibe. And then I, again, honorable mention to the craft. I wouldn't replace Scream with it, but I honorable mention that. So I really 
what three i don't i really quote unquote replaced or mentioned out of the five yeah and i think it's worth reiterating that you know these are the thing about these lists it's very personal Mm -hmm. and there's no right or wrong answers except for halloween time except for night before christmas which is in fact wrong Uh, so when we say that's why we're giving so many mentions, you know, we put it in our notes of just let's talk about all these other films in passing briefly yeah. because there's so many out there that you should, you watch. should watch. And if it makes it into your top 10, that's great. Halloween Town is the only one that we don't think should be in anyone's in top anyone's, 10. We 100% you know. agree that that should get the fuck out of it in yeah. your top 10 list. So with all that being said, we need to get into the next five and decide if we're going to keep those or replace those. We're going to stick to like list order at this point because yeah. we're in the more adult range now. We kind of wanted to get over the kids stuff. So And we were giving you guys the the actual numbers last episode. Mm-hmm. For those for those that are taking notes in your Trapper Keeper or what have you, uh, we've got Scream is in at number 10 on this Which list. Which we thought was surprising, disagree. honestly. Yeah. Halloween is at number nine. Number nine. The Witches was at number five. It's the Great Pumpkin. Charlie Brown was at number four, and the Nightmare Before Christmas was at number, number three. three. So we've got we got the number two and one still on the board. Yep. And we've got three others right in the middle there. So you yep. want to tell us what this list? Do we need? We don't need to re-explain this list at all, right? Like no. where this came no. from. If you haven't heard the part one, though, honestly, go back. Go back and listen be to it. If with, you're with like, what this, the yeah. hell is this list? Please and I listen. Back. I know that some of you are monsters like Lamar who listen to podcasts out of order. I I don't understand you, but I, I just want to know how it ends. I no, I can't. I can't respect it. I don't get it. The type A in my brain does not understand you, but do not keep listening. Go back. Listen to the first half first. I, I just think you're going to be confused otherwise. And also, I don't want to re-explain all the same shit. Fair, so, fair. Next step is we're going to go to the next one on the list. Like I said, back to kind of getting back into order, which would be number eight on the list, mm-hmm. uh, which is The Exorcist, 1973. This is, by all accounts, really a classic. Uh, it's a classic horror film. Whether it's a, a Halloween film is up for debate, I suppose. We can talk about that. Um, but definitely a classic horror film. Uh, groundbreaking for the time. Life-altering mm-hmm. at the time. Not mm-hmm. something that people even wanted in theaters. Had all kinds of rating issues, production yep. issues. There's horror stories coming out of this production incredible i think piece of work in film cinema period regardless but does it deserve to be on this list let's talk yeah let's talk uh i have only seen the exorcist all the way through front to back at most twice i think it might just be once i've I've always seen it in bits and pieces i saw a little bit when i was a kid saw a little bit more when i was teenager in college i never seemed to catch it in its entirety But I sat down and watched it in its entirety last week, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt, I think it belongs on my list. Yes! Because it's a classic for its time. Not just in its time, though. It's it's a revolutionary film, and it does what horror movies should do, which... Not only does it frighten you, but it makes it feel real, and it's... You're not just watching... The plot of the movie, yes, it revolves around demonic possession and these dark forces and whatnot, but the really scary and heartbreaking and tragic part of the film is watching this mother, you know, have no idea how to help her daughter. And that, to me, was like I teared up twice during the movie of, like, I can't imagine what it's like to be a mom watching your child. You know, the first 
half of the film, the first 60 minutes, is just her going to doctors and being poked and prodded and having these surgical procedures and the daughter screaming in pain for them to try to figure out what's going on. And it's like, that is just heartbreaking to watch before you even get into the, you know, what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a heartbreaking film. It's a visually really stunning but difficult film Mm -hmm. i love how uh dark it is which even from like a technology perspective in the 70s feels hard to do i mean i obviously was not on a film set at this time but feels like these would be hard hard shots to get some of them are iconic you know some of the shots in the room from the street looking up at the at the house some of these things are just really truly classics so i am thrilled to hear that this made it onto the list i'm super shocked by the way to hear that you hadn't seen it all the way through more than once this is one of my classics and i think this goes back to like what i was saying in the prior episode of i saw a lot of horror movies at a very young age uh and my tolerance was real high but also i think my standards were high as a result i love this movie this is to me such a classic i love kind of the um the supernatural around it i mm-hmm. always love that i love that i think that's interesting i think that's halloweeny um as a born and raised Catholic, I love a little bit of the 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 Catholic lore to it, actually. Yeah. Not a practicing Catholic, but I definitely was raised in that. And that was something that was the most interesting to me as I grew up, to be honest. Those were the things that I researched. Um, I think I've established I was into the spooky. So I would look into, like, the exorcism and the rites and, like, how does this work and, and, and how does this happen and some of these things. And it was really cool at a young age to see that on film, Yeah, you know, kind of come out on film and, and how they interpreted that uh, was really interesting to me. But, but gnarly, gnarly. Yeah. And I think that it's, you know, and I am, this is not my original thought at all. This is from a horror documentary that I watched. So I am paraphrasing somebody here, but the cool thing about the exorcist is at this point, we're sort of you know, whether you're a fan of the genre or not, you've probably seen some exorcism films in your time. And it's now we're sort of desensitized to it. And we forget with this one why it was, you know, to use the word again, revolutionary of at this time, 1973, people weren't making movies about demonic possession and invoking, you know, the Catholic church into plots of horror films. It wasn't something you did uh, because it pissed a lot of people off. You know, this movie only opened in about like 25 theaters nationwide. Mm -hmm. And so now for it to be considered one of the greatest horror films of all time just shows its reach and it shows just how you can take this concept of something that, I don't know, nowadays I don't know if we would think that a demonic possession would be relatable or realistic or something that we would believe. Because like, so... This is something that I thought of when we were talking about this list in particular. Well, one, I totally agree with everything you said. I think we made this uh, topic accessible at a time where it was not accessible. So, yeah. like, again, it, it didn't open widely, but word spread. It was a it was a controversial film at yeah. the time, for sure. Um, and then it spread. And now, again, like you said, it grew to be one of the greatest horror films of all time. And, and I almost think that's indisputable. But I also think it was, uh, it's a 
lasting piece of lore for us. It's something that is still interesting. Like if yeah. you think about we, there's the exorcism of Emily Rose, which mm-hmm. was in the 2000s-ish. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously decades after this film is made. And we're still revisiting that topic. That was one that I thought was very well done and like really lands, I think. Um, Laura Linney is in that and is incredible. And it gives a similar energy. It is not at all the same story. It is not at all the same plot it doesn't really rob from the original Mm -hmm. but it is another exorcism story that's really interesting but also meanwhile i think you have ones that do a really bad job of it yeah you know and and you have ones that are still really interested in it but do a really poor job of actually showing you anything there was a documentary recently um uh the devil and father amarith or amaranth or Mm. something i I don't remember how to say his name but you know loosely associated with the exorcism that inspired the exorcist um and they they really pitched that as part of like why this documentary was made and what they found and and all these things and and they didn't really find anything you know like if you watch it it's a couple hours of like really i didn't i don't know why i spent (laughs) this time on this but the exorcist really holds up as a result as being really unique and original and telling this really visually stimulating if very difficult story yeah and visually not just visually stimulating but i didn't i guess because i had only remembered at least seeing it in pieces i didn't Mm, yeah yeah get the full vision of what was happening of how you know these two characters of this young 12 year old 13 year old girl and this priest who is dealing with a crisis of faith and losing his mom how they sort of like the circumstances lead to them meeting and he's mm-hmm. going to basically save her life. And I, I never really put that together, but on watching, I'm just like, dude, this is a fucking film. This it isn't is a, a horror movie. This is a film. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's cool how it opens in Iraq and you get this dig site and you're like, what does this have to do with anything? But that ends up being like yeah. the priest that comes back later in the film. Uh, if this is your first episode. And again, if you skipped a part two, that's your own damn you're fault, but we are wrong. spoiling you're all of these films. So yeah. So the fact that it opens there, it just feel it. It's easy to make a horror movie that takes place in a cabin in the woods and a bunch of teenagers get yeah. killed. It takes a lot more effort to make something that's like, you know, nation spanning or mm-hmm. continent spanning and sort of having these elaborate set and pieces. And has a plot and a trajectory to it and uh, an ethos about it, I think, that is mm-hmm. that is pervasive throughout the film. It's cohesive. It has a theme. It has an aesthetic both visually and from a plot standpoint. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree. This is a film. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe now you understand a little better why I, I hate some of these other ones as much as I do <laughs> because it is much harder to do this, and I think yeah. this is more interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think that you'll find that on my list, yeah, there's probably some, like, popcorn flicks and things that I just enjoy watching, and yeah. Which a there's lot nothing of times, wrong with that, by the way. Yeah, and a lot, I, but, but if we were me, to say you know? what are my favorite films, that would be a totally different list, I think. Right. But, you know, with this one... I think another thing that stood out to me was it's not just, you know, good story and also special effects. And I understand why people who watch it for the first time now would say, oh, that's not scary. It doesn't scare me. And again, you're desensitized at this point. If you saw this, this was the first possession film you ever saw. You'd be freaked the F out. But the the aside from just the scares, the horror, the visual effects, 
this movie made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about, you remember the term like torture porn and how it was just like oh, this yeah. terrible genre in the mid 2000s of just uncomfortable things being put on the screen. Or you could talk about body horror like The Fly and other yeah. films like that. I don't know that anything's made me feel as awkward as like a 12 year old masturbating with a crucifix yeah. and then sticking her mom's face in the blood. That yeah. is just saying it out loud makes me feel icky. Icky. Yeah. And yeah. and then to go on and win Academy Awards is yeah. bonkers well, to me. It, like it, again, to your point about how it was released in so few theaters and also people were fighting the rating, whether it mm-hmm. should, should be shown. And then also it was it was making people sick in the theater. Like, I don't remember if you yeah. hear, heard about those. That was like, like the first like, viral marketing. Yeah, it was like people the first are viral throwing people up were getting, like this. pulled out of theaters by paramedics. <laughs> like it was bananas. But it got nominated for 10 awards, you know, and yeah. then it won. What did it win? It was a adapted screenplay. Screenplay, you said, and then, yeah sound mixing or yes, something yeah. which by the way makes total sense because of just some of the vocals the things that come out of that, that girl's out mouth out of that girl's yeah. mouth while these other things are happening in the room and in the space and like just it a feat of shooting and filming and mixing for sure if nothing else groundbreaking in a lot of ways um but still again like while being controversial and being a, a film but think about like how our tolerance has gone down right. or gone way up, I should say, because of these people literally getting ill in theaters at seeing the same movie that we watch now. And we're like, I mean, yeah. we're still grossed out by it, but yeah, I'm trying to imagine watching it 50 years ago and being like, holy shit. Right. I, I had to go and look uh, just when you're speaking about sort of the sound in this and the voices coming out of Regan's mouth and all these different things. I had to go and search because I was curious. I was like, how old was Linda Blair in this? Because she's playing a 12-year-old. She looks a little older. Um, and I think she was only 14. So it's like this kid comes in and knocks it out of the park. You know, she's playing this possessed character. And it's not just, you know, moving your mouth at the right time in sync with the audio and whatnot. And I'm sure that's, you know, post. But mm-hmm. the 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 facial expressions and the the body language and just it, she just it, it's insane this many years on how this in any, you know, I don't want to say any other actor or actress's hands. This could have been a, a silly, terrible B movie if you didn't get the right person in that role, and Linda Blair killed it. Well, and just she totally committed to it, right. and especially at a young age again. But also, like, I mean, she committed to it so much, and the material was so difficult. Like one of the things I remember reading about was like um, Max, what's his face on something, forgot his lines listening to her. Oh. Like, do you commit to her dialogue in such a way. So like you that that I think speaks to like the commitment and the presence on the set. Okay, the I thought you were going a darker route with that. <laughs> no, this isn't funny. I'm not trying to make a joke. I thought you were going to talk about how committed she was because literally like I just heard an interview with her where she talked about how the she her spinal column was dislocated during the scene where she was like flopping oh, up and down because they were she was in yeah. a brace. Yeah, and it's very similar to what happened in Jaws, where the actress at the beginning was being just torn, torn in the apart. ocean, you know, from yeah. this brace that she was in, and the same thing happened to her. And she said, "Yeah, like I've had, I still have back pain to this day because they like fractured part of my spine in that." So I mean, like that's not as happy of a memory, but no. again, it's like this this girl has made this enduring legacy of one of the greatest horror films of all time. But yeah, by sacrificing everything to committing to the role. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, 
needless to say, it was a classic. It was, uh, it angered a lot of people, Mm -hmm. religious zealots and just, you know, devouts alike. Um, but I think like as a film, it's incredible. I watch it every year, hundred percent every year and Halloween and, and other times not like just to watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah. So anyway, as it comes to the top tens, I'm going to replace it with Piranha. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to leave. It. <laughs> I, was, gonna... I was like, that's it. You're out. We're done. Stop I will. Uh, I'll, I'll leave this one on my list for sure. Yeah. I, I think it would be disrespectful to replace it. I completely understand why it's here. Uh, placement is always a debate, but I, I think it's a great one. I think you could go higher with The Exorcist. I think, I think that, you know, number eight is, is pretty high. I could see how you're you're kind of dating it a little bit, maybe because it's older. So maybe that's why it's so. But again, we don't we don't put any stock in this person's list anyway. We super don't. So let's Sorry, move on Joel. to Joel's uh, number seven. What I do we got? We're just not going to try to learn his name and we're going to say it different every time. For all I know, it's a lady. It's J-O-A-L. So it might be Joelle or Joel. Well, Joelle can fuck off too because <laughs> she did a bad job. So yes. yeah. They did a bad job. They, they did, a, did a bad they job. They did a bad job. <laughs> and we're going to talk about their number seven choice now. Like you said, Blair Witch Project, about which I have a lot of fucking about feelings. About which? <laughs> that wasn't even intentional. That worked out great. Uh, yeah, I hate it. 1999. What are your thoughts? Okay, so, you, well, no, I'm actually curious to hear. You straight up hate this film hate. or you hate the fact that it's on this list? Both. Okay, let's movie. hear why I you hate, hate it. It's on this list. Let's I hate hear. everything about this. Okay, so this is another one that I think is maybe a little surprising that I hadn't watched because I refused. Okay. Uh, but I refuse. This is where the, the Aquarius Rebel comes out in me where I was like, fuck you, everyone who is watching this. I'm not going to watch this thing that you people watch. And I do that every now and then I dig my heels in. This was one of them. was not going to watch it. Yeah. It's on this list. And so I watched it. Also, I, I had generally been feeling like, okay, I better see what this is all about. I... Didn't really do, I purposely didn't really do a lot of like revisiting research prior to watching it because I just wanted to like watch it cold, see what happens. I live tweeted this shit. Would you like a teaser trailer? I would love it. I think so, right? There is no live tweeting because this movie is so fucking boring in all caps. (laughs) Also, the rebel in me was like, I'll never watch this. And here I fucking am. Thanks, Joel. Joel, whatever. (laughs) Uh, there are people fighting. They're not really selling it. This is not going to take long, by the way, because I'm almost done. Okay. Oh my God. Rocks. So scary. Oh my God. Sticks. So scary. (laughs) I am so bored. Seriously. So bored. And then at the end, I capped us off with, okay, but literally nothing happens. Are you fucking kidding me? And I still at this moment feel the exact same way. This movie sucks. Okay. Let me okay. Let me start with this. I understand why this is a a divisive film and why folks film is would not like it. How much of your disenjoyment of it was based on its reputation alone? You can say loathing and none because I again I don't really remember the reaction at the time. Okay. to be honest, and I purposely didn't. Like I said, I didn't research it because I didn't want to be tainted by that. I remember it being a major pop culture moment. I just don't remember what the sentiment was coming out of it. Yeah. I remember people like being like, you have to see this. Yeah. Not because, oh, it's so great or, oh, it's so bad. It was, I just remember everyone feeling like you should see it and yeah. me not, me deciding not to. 
and then, yeah, so I watched it cold and I, I genuinely thought more was going to happen. Okay. I, were you, okay. Were you watching the whole time? Were you, I know you were live tweeting, it. but you I, weren't like no. multitasking. No, no, no. Other okay. than like, when I say live tweeting, I mean, I have my phone in my hand to write a reaction. Okay. You know, I'm not like doing anything else. Yeah. And so I straight up watched it, committed to it hated it okay that's fair that's fair but i just mean i also i actually had another recommendation from somebody recently to watch as above so below i'm not re- recommending that either it gives okay. me a very similar vibe to this movie it's like a documentarian kind of faux documentary style yeah and you're following them very closely with a very limited lens which i know is a film choice i'm not saying i don't understand i'm saying that i hate it and right. i don't find it interesting I didn't find that interesting here. I didn't find it interesting in As Above, So Below. I, the tendril of something interesting is this sort of story that is supposed to be this Maryland-based story about the Blair Witch, and it's supposed to be rooted in some lore and whatever, and she sort of says this story at the beginning and blah, blah, blah. And then the way that it ends, he's in this corner, which is something that this particular person supposedly did to their victims yeah. and to me that's again the only tendril throughout that's the only tendril to the plot it's <clears throat> and it and it's this quick right it's a snap yeah of the well, fingers. well so fun fact which i'm pretty you guys can google this and tell me if i'm wrong but i'm reasonably sure that the scenes at the beginning when the townspeople there in i think it's burkittsville maryland i want to say when they're being interviewed i believe most of that was improv like they just told people the hey whole... pretend that there's a witch like what do you want to tell us so like 90% of the story is is, is off improv. of that that's yeah. why and then they were like oh that's a cool concept like the corner thing let's use yeah. that and that's why there's one person says there was a man in the woods who was murdering people. Another person says it's a female witch, and that's why there's like these four different forms Which, of by lore the way, that makes a lot get of incorporated. Sense for, like a neighborhood lore or a town, right? Lore yeah, or urban a legend, lore, right? Everyone has a different le- take on it. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. that the story would not be cohesive in that way. Also, I, I yeah, I did read about it. Like the script is like ninety percent improv. Yes, like whatever. But again, it's not interesting. I also even think to me like. Their interaction seems fake to me. If you're trying to sell me on this documentary style of this trio of people filming this and like the footage itself doesn't seem fake. I mean, I can, I feel like they are acting. I can I mean, feel you can, the acting. I think it's fair that you have that opinion. I think that depending on the, the viewer, you might think that it's good or bad acting for what it's worth. I remember when the movie came out, there were people who were calling the police about we need to find, like, people thought that was legit. Like, these people were missing yeah, in Maryland. That. If you, if you want to say the acting is bad, but I mean, it was convincing at the time, at least. I will say... You know, this revolutionized, you know, we talked about Scream revolutionizing sort of the, or bring, bringing life back to the slasher. This one revolutionized found footage. And there, it wasn't the first found footage. I remember seeing the last broadcast. But, I mean, without this, I don't think you get your paranormal activities. I don't think you yeah. get your wrecks. So, revolutionary, absolutely. Like I put this on, like, a revolutionary film. But like, is it one of my favorites? Somebody... No. Just because something is the impetus for a bunch of other crap to be made, does that mean it's good? I'm sorry. No, I mean, without MySpace, we wouldn't have a lot of social media. <laughs> so it's like people can say that MySpace or like kids don't give a shit Ooh, about let's MySpace. Let's not bring up that top eight. Show but, uh, uh, you know, trendsetters. Yeah, so. I don't know. I just, 
that's not my genre, I think, also. So I have not ever been impressed by anything like that ever since. Yeah, like yeah. A, a paranormal activity, and as above, so below. Like these ones that are this in this style, I just don't like them. See, I find them entertaining only because, and it's it's. I'm not saying that I love all found footage. I actually probably dislike a, a ton of more than half of it, but. What I do like about them is they don't have the typical horror crutches of a soundtrack and a score and being able to use musical cues to get the audience to jump, you know. So I feel like for does me... does the audience jump? I get what you're saying. I, I would probably argue the opposite, actually, that one of the things I love about horror films is a score, is a, uh, a sound effect or a, or a film um style that makes yeah. it makes you follow it in a certain way or whatever like yeah. i love that i love us i i think that music is a critical part of any piece of 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 film work personally so i have a hard time with that but beyond that um i didn't jump ever not a once and no 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 i'm not saying that because of the lack of that it gets you to jump i'm saying that typical horror films utilize jump scares and they're like but I mean, what is, to let me get you to let jump. Let me rephrase. What is scary about it? For this, I this is one. There are multiple films like this where I will say, looking back on it, it wasn't scary. It didn't leave a lasting impression. It didn't make yeah. me jump. But while I was watching it, I was on edge the entire time. Granted, when yeah. I saw it, I was 14, 15. But, but like... Using an example that's maybe you didn't see when you were 14 or 15, maybe it's a paranormal activity, maybe it's an as above, so below, similar vibes. Those things didn't make me tense at all. And include this including as well. Like I was not tense. That's fair. Wasn't on edge. I wasn't waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Honestly, I was hoping something would happen. Yeah. But I didn't expect it to. I mean, that's fair. Like for me, paranormal activity, for example... That movie put me on every time it became nighttime in that film. I was like, I buckled in. Like, I was just like, here we go. I just wanted something to happen. That's fair. That's totally fair. And I was so bored. So I would absolutely not have this on my list. I would yank this off my list. Totally fair. I I think that for me, I remember watching it. And actually, this is going to be tied into another fun fact of... I remember watching it, and for me, I was on edge of every time, you know, they were looking around at nighttime. I was expecting to see something. So, whereas Mm -hmm. you say you were waiting on something to happen, I was on edge because I thought something would happen. It never did, you know. But, fun fact, is that there is a scene in the film where they are running through the forest and the the producers, I'm sure everybody knows this, but if you didn't, you know, essentially what they did was they put the three actors in the forest. Mm-hmm. And as Mackenzie said, most of it was improvised and they would get notes that said, hey, we need you to go to this location. This is what you're going to do tonight. We need you to react to this. Go. Yeah. Uh, and they were told, hey, this night, get out of your tent, run like this Just direction. Run, yeah. They had set up a creature type fixture there that was supposed to represent the Blair Witch and you were going to get a glimpse of it mm. and they weren't the, mm. the actors were improvising so they just sprinted right past it you didn't see it you on didn't camera see it at all. so like for me while I was watching it that's what I was waiting for was like oh I'm going to see something You're so I remember it. being on edge the whole time and at the end I was like well that was kind of a letdown yeah so for that reason we can jump forward a little bit 
it's not in my top 10. Oh, thank God. Even though we've disagreed on whether my, I would never, I don't think I would rewatch it, but my mm. first time through, I was like, I get this? it. No. Yeah. I saw it when I was 15. No, I might've watched it one more time when I was like 17, but I wouldn't. This was my first time. So that's why okay. I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to make my top 10. I think that if you've never seen it, I think we just ruined it for you. Now you're going to be like, oh, I can just be on my phone because nothing's going to happen. Honestly, if you've never seen it, I don't recommend it. Like, nor- yeah. There were a lot of rite of, rite of passage films that I, I'm sure lots of us have missed a, a, a film that we think is a rite of passage film. This is one that culturally in the pop culture of the time and of, yeah. and of my generation feels like something you should watch. So I wasn't upset about watching it. Uh, at least to start, uh, yeah. but I would never watch it again. And yeah, I, I would say that if you feel obligated to watch it, I don't. I don't think you should. Nothing happens. You know what you should watch though is uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. No, uh, absolutely. Anything Blair Witch related can <laughs> fuck right off. No. All right. I saw that come up on my suggested afterward, and I was like, no, thank you. So, what are you gonna bump into this spot here on your list? Oh, I can't remember. I, I, I have so many choices. To be honest, um, I, I, I can't let it not end up on the list. So I'm gonna go with it, uh, not related at all. But I'm gonna go with the Omen. The original Ooh, Omen. it's all for Damien, yeah. Yeah, okay. that shit is so good. Yeah. It is exorcism uh, style vibes, exorcist style vibes yep. of that classic filmmaking. Yeah, with that horror twinge, also like onset horror stories, mm-hmm. really gnarly stories mm-hmm. that came out of that. Some uh, deaths, arguably related yeah. to that film. So a lot of interesting production stories and value, but also a real story to it and, and very beautifully shot and well acted and an interesting plot and rooted in, uh, you know, some, some mysticism, some theology kind of yeah. vibes, but I, I just love it. I think it's creepy. I think the kid is creepy in just the right way. The casting is so well done uh, the the scene where his head gets you know there's no fucking arguing that yeah. that is some incredible it's terrifying stuff and I wouldn't even say that I think it's like super scary but if you were to think about things that like put me a little on edge give me yeah. a little bit of the heat jeeps yeah. a little bit that kind of has it the whole way through it doesn't really let up yeah you know and I like that I like that like tension throughout. I, I think that's such a classic. I can't believe it's not on this list. Yeah, it's it's an unsettling film. Um, for the record, it's not on my list. But while I was watching The Exorcist, I realized how much I've confused The Omen and The Exorcist oh. over the course of my life. Because both have children involved. Yeah, both yeah. deal with sort of like a satanic cult type thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I remember turning on The Exorcist and being like, is this the one where the guy gets decapitated? Yeah. And Janelle was like, I, what, what are you talking about? Uh, so, yeah, I, I've confused the two. I enjoy both. The Omen is not on my list, but very unsettling. And that's another one where I think that a lot of modern day horror misses out on the, the nuances of like, make it a story that people are going to be afraid of in their day to day life. And I think that. You know, folks having kids and yeah. not knowing how your kid is going to grow yeah. up and what kind of person they're going to turn out to be. Mm-hmm. That's You can raise scary. a Damien. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You could raise yeah. a Damien by accident. And I, yeah, I think this triggers into some very 
realistic fears. Everything that happens here is rooted in something normal, something day to day, something that you encounter in your real life Mm -hmm. that is, of course, upended by the supernatural for sure. But it's not like, I don't know, something magical didn't kill you, like a witch didn't appear out of nowhere and, and, you know, decapitate the guy. Something uh, somewhat natural and human did it. And, of course, other things happen to make that happen. But um, I think it's reasonably creepy in your normal day-to-day world and day-to-day life to watch it and have it, like, really kind of weird you out and creep you out. And Gregory Peck, like, oh, classic. Like, we love a Gregory Peck anything, I think, personally. Uh, And this is one of his later films. And and I love the, like, seeing the shift of him, too, into, like, a horror movie. Yeah, Um, when he's not busy killing mockingbirds, he's letting all his friends get killed (laughs) by the devil. Yeah. Um, You still get some, obviously, horror films with big, big name stars in them. But it's rare nowadays that you get, you know, a a seasoned actor or actress who's like, I'm going to go do this spooky, spooky piece over here, you know. Um, But yeah, I I enjoy The Omen. Not not the one that I'm going to go with, though. I'm actually going to, in the string of trying to replace the movies, and actually, fun fact, I think this is the last one that I'm going to replace on the list. So the rest of them I pretty much agree with, but... In the interest of having some sort of thematic connection from the one I'm going to replace to the one that I'm putting in there, uh, if you're talking about isolation and sort of paranoia, I don't know that there is a better one than The Thing with Mm. Kurt Russell. So that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to opt for here of just a bunch of people in an Arctic base and there's some sort of weird alien parasite, whatever you want to call it, that is kind of very invasion of the body snatchers and takes over and is trying to imitate everyone and you don't know who to trust. I think that that's a a little better of a job and you get a little more happenings than you do in the Blair Witch Project. So, Yeah, I think there's that's a way more interesting plot than the Blair Witch Project and and Kurt Russell is always a gem. We love him. Yes, we think he's a good one. I support that. So we so we, that would make your top ten though, is what you're saying. I think so. I think in recent years, it's become more of a rewatch for me. That that one actually jumps between. Do I want to watch this in October? Do I want to watch it when it's cold outside? Because again, I was going to say another, it's like an. I know Antarctic I'm kind of going like, against my own opinion yeah. of why I put The Shining in December, but I had to pick one or the other. So I'm going to be a hypocrite and say that I will. I'll watch the thing because just the the visual effects, mm-hmm. like practical effects, are something that just I don't know when we stopped doing it, but geez, what you can do with just a really good you know, uh, effects artist, whether it be a Savini or someone else, just uh, what you can do with those, to- pulling some rubber apart and mm-hmm. having some green spray or red yeah. spray, and it's insane. Well, my only problem with that movie is the villainization of a dog. You know, I don't appreciate <laughs> it. I'm a big fan of the dogs. I think it's aggressive. But yes, okay. I, think it's a great, I think it's a good movie. But you don't, what, what's the language that they're speaking at the beginning? I'm going to feel so bad that I can't remember. It's not Polish. It's not Russian. But either way, if you spoke that, you would know it. Spoiler, at the beginning, they say it's not a dog. Don't trust. So you shouldn't feel bad because it's not a dog. Yeah. 
but like it <laughs> looks like a dog and i don't appreciate the visual so that's pick something fair. else you know that's i fair. love a dog shout out to ash my baby boy he's sleeping over right over here doing next his to best us. he uh, heard he heard us talk about dogs and he popped up so i'm just saying so yeah totally enjoy the thing highly recommend that one you get a lot of the people being slowly picked off and then i just i love the ending as well of you don't really know at the end mm-hmm. who is infected, who is not infected. It's just sort of like a very choose your own ending. I I, I do like it. I think it's an interesting plot. I would not make my top ten for sure, but I I do I do get it. I do get it. Um so next one we have on the list in order again, uh, is it, but which it, which is it, which it is it, which it is it, which it it is. I don't know. It's, it is the 2017 it. <laughs> chapter one. Chapter one, part one. Is it chapter one, part one? I guess it is chapter one. You're right. Chapter one, chapter two. Um, so this is chapter one. And uh, this was 2017. And for me personally, I'll, I'll kick us off here because this was therapy for me. As I mentioned previously, I watched a ton of horror movies from a very young age in a really weird circumstance. And I actually, yeah, didn't react to most of them or, I don't know, built up a tolerance really quickly. But one of the ones that did get to me was it. It also was not helped by my mom. Thanks, mom. Forcing me, literally forcing me to dress up as a clown for Halloween (laughs) shortly after this. And it was like one of those horrifying ones. Not an it one, but it was just like one of those horrifying clown costumes that uh, is traumatizing just to look at yourself in the mirror. So I don't think, I don't think these, the combo of these two. Can you share photos of this on the social? That's a great question. Mom, send me some pictures. We'll ask mom. She's got all the photo albums. Uh, This was before you youngins. We used to print photos and they lived in albums that you had to go back and look at. So we'll find those maybe, but it was fucking horrifying is what I can tell you. I remember the moment looking in the mirror and being like, I'm one of these people who, if I'm scared, I'm silent. I don't scream. I don't react. I have like a silent freak out. And I'm Mm. that way to this day. And so I just remember looking in the mirror and being like, Oh my God. Like it just totally freezing up. So not a fan, uh, was not a fan. I love and respect Tim Curry. Obviously we think he does great work. Uh, but that movie fucked me up. And so then I watched 2017 to make myself get over it, actually. I was like... like you can't be still scary. I can't still be <laughs> scared of fucking clowns. Move the fuck on, kid. Um, and so I I did kind of... I actually think it worked. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm teasing, but it, like I think it worked. I thought it was... But I think it's uh, a testament to how well it was done. Yeah. Actually, I yeah. thought it was so well done. It was a good adaptation. Right. Um, it was true to the source material, which is, by the way, not the film. It's the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was really true to the source material. The characters were really engaging and interesting. They picked great kids for this. They yeah. picked some really endearing kids for this. Um, and I just thought it was really well shot. And uh, so I watched the whole thing this time just with interest i think more than being just scared and on edge and blah 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 and so uh i really enjoyed it and i was really excited to even see chapter two and i watched chapter two and i loved it and uh i ended up liking this whole reboot okay well 
we differ there because I really did not enjoy chapter two. That's mm. a different conversation for a different day. But in thinking about that, originally I was going to leave this off my lit, like my top 10 mm. because I still have a bad taste in my mouth because I thought this one set up for so much of like a strong conclusion. And I really didn't love the route. Speaking of like practical effects or lack thereof, I didn't love the amount of CGI in the second one. I thought oh, that that I do masked that. I totally a lot of the, the, the scares. And I don't know, it, it sort of became formulaic in the second one to me. But anyway, the reason I left it on mine wasn't necessarily because I feel like there are a bunch of movies I could put in this one's place. Mm. I could replace it with like... Uh, any piece of the Romero trilogy, I could go zombies and, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. I could replace it with the Dawn of the Dead remake. I, though that My bread and butter, I could throw that into this spot, but I think because I said at the beginning of this, you know, last week of I want it to, to have some variety in there, yeah. I think this is a fantastic... It's got a little bit of Supernatural. It's got yeah. clowns. It's got, like family stories and story, mm-hmm. stories about really dark shit of like abuse and just these terrible situations these kids are going through I mean, in their Stephen personal King, lives. Every time. Sorry? Is it Stephen King? Man. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. He knows what to do. So, what to do. so that's why I left it there was I'm just like, dude, this I, I can't find a knock on chapter one. No. And the fact that I didn't love chapter two, but I mm-hmm. still, this stands alone. Even if you end it, it there, it's to, great. You don't have to see chapter yeah. two to enjoy this at yeah. all. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a surprising admission to this list for me because uh, of just uh, everything we've said about the list so far, but also that it wasn't the original yeah. was a standout to me, like that it would be the 2017 version. But again, yeah. I attribute that to how well it was remade, I thought, yeah. and and the casting and the, and the production value and everything. So I totally get it. I think it's very well done. I have since gone back and rewatched the original. How's I, that doing? That's good. I think it's good. Yeah. It's not... It's hard to say if it's as good because I definitely, like I said, I have a bias against that one. Well, I was going to say, though, but like Tim Curry, like people were pissed when they said they were going to remake it. it, Mm -hmm. it. And uh, he's fucking Pennywise, you know, like he does an incredible job. There's no, but I do think he he lived up to it. Yeah. You know, Skarsgård. Yeah. yeah, Skarsgård did an incredible job living up to this. Um, and, and I like is, how neither of us said the first name. I think it's Bill. It's Bill. Okay. Bill Skarsgård. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do think that it, it lived up to it and I was surprised at that. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have thought that. He, and I just, from a creepy standpoint, from a like Tim fucking creep me the fuck out. Am I going to be as alarmed and, and scared by this person? Right. And like for sure. Yeah. Just the way that he spoke and how well he did it. Um, and I like that it, it kind of terrors all the kids in these different ways. And so, yeah, yeah, I really liked it. I think it's good. I think it's got a solid spot on the list. I, I, yeah. I think it, it's a solid top 10 placement. I've got no problems with it. And the re- the way that I typically remember, so obviously on my, my list, there's been a lot of just enjoyable films, right? Things that I like to watch, whether they're mm-hmm. super scary or super funny horror comedies. It's things I enjoy watching, but another sort of way that I gauge the impact of a horror film on my own psyche is just what sticks with me. Like when I think about a movie, do images or scenes jump out to my memory? Hmm. And with this one, 
just that initial scene of like Georgie with the sailboat and like in that bright yellow mm-hmm. slicker rain jacket uh, and that his death scene next to that sewer grate of him being dragged yeah. in and the, the pool of blood going mm-hmm. into the water. It's just an incredible it's visually, shot. Visually. Yeah, yeah, just crazy. One of the movies that I would... You know, if I had to replace this one for again, this is totally personal because again, another semi divisive film. But like, The Ring is one where when I think about The Ring, I don't want to rewatch it just because there's two to three images in that film that stick with me Mm -hmm. all these years later. And so, to me, if 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 a movie has that impact on me, of I remember this and it Mm -hmm. freaks me the f out, that shows that you know it's a great horror film and it has that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love The Ring as well, side note. But yeah, I totally agree. So I think we agree that should stay on the list. It's it's a really solid choice for this. I think the next one up, so it's our penultimate choice. So we've got two left. We only got two left. Penultimate choice is Halloween 1978. With Jimmy famous, Lee Curtis. Yeah, I was going to say famous <laughs> appearance of Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween series. I thought it was Jimmy. It's not Jimmy Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Jamie. The same one that was in True Lies? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Okay. I this got... This groundbreaking information yeah, for you, isn't it? Yeah, His name was Jimmy the whole also, time. Also, True Lies is really great. <laughs> That's on my list. I'm adding it to my list. <laughs> uh, no, but okay. So, I... Oh, this is going to be controversial. Oh, jeez. I'm not saying I would remove it. Let me just start there. Nobody get upset about it. Yeah. I'm not saying I would remove it. I also understand Michael Myers is, you know... A horror villain legend. Yeah. I don't find this that entertaining. I don't find it that interesting. I think that's fair. It's real tropey. She does an okay Okay, but wait. She does an okay job. Okay, but so to interrupt here, you say tropey. Yeah. But how many of the tropes that you're invoking were started by this film? Because it was like one of the first slashers. Well, two things. One, I agree with you. I think that's a fair bit of feedback. But I was just not that intrigued by it. I wasn't that interested in it. I will say I didn't see this, I don't know, until much later in my in my horror watching <sighs> career, so to speak. It was definitely not one of the first. I think I was in my late teens, early 20s by the time I actually saw this. Okay. And I wasn't super impressed at that point. So I cannot discount that that is probably influenced by that. I would also argue that the entire, and this is sort of where we disagreed on Cabin in the Woods, but I would, I would argue that the point of the Jamie Lee Curtis, the Laurie Strode character is that it's not an archetype. It's, she's meant to be the entire, you know, discounting 20 something goddamn sequels. The entire point of Michael Myers was that he was not, there was no purpose behind what he was doing. He wasn't stalking a specific, you know, it wasn't that 80s sort of joke of, oh, if you drink or smoke or have sex, like Jason's Mm going to get you. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that she had done anything wrong. It was that she was just this normal you know, not even a, not a nerdy girl, not a cool popular girl, not a jock, not any of these archetypes. She was just the girl that happened to be there but that she's night. she's the girl next door, kind of. She's I don't consider like- her that. She smokes in the film. 
I think like she should. It's not. I mean, granted, you compare her to her friends, maybe in the yeah. movie, she's the most innocent of the bunch. I, but I she's not she's pristine. A, she's just like a. But that's what I mean. Like no fucking teenage girl is. Like whatever <laughs> universe we live in that that makes people think that is bullshit, right? Yeah. Like every teenage girl is a. <laughs> tries a few things you know is a little a you hear little, that girls mackenzie's yeah. telling you how to uh, babe. listen i was a lot more edgy <laughs> than y'all so don't worry about it no judgment but i just mean like every girl fucks with some shit she tries a cigarette she messes around with some dude under the bleachers you know like it just the girl next door is a trope that is not rooted in any real reality but i just mean she's that kind of prototypical american midwestern girl right she's in fucking illinois and some random guy breaks out of a mental hospital and just goes on a killing spree. And there's nothing, there's nothing that unique about it to me, but also there's no, to me, there's no reason that they would have to go, he would go after her or anyone else. I don't, I'm not looking for that. Yeah. I'm just saying he's, he's just had a mental breakdown. He's broken out of an asylum, whatever it is, his story is about. And he's just killing willy nilly. Um, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. Willie Nilly. Same difference. Uh, but it's just not that alarming or surprising to me. I think like I, people killing indiscriminately is not surprising to me. There being no motivation for it, not surprising to me. I'm like, this is just a a mental patient and or sociopath who just wants to kill. Uh, and do you think at any point of that though is Illinois like is not surprising? Do you think at any point like any part of that is just being desensitized unfortunately with how many random for, killings again, happen for sure i think contemporarily like, i think you can't take you can't discount when i saw this which is again late teens early 20s and we've established i saw a lot of gnarly shit by then yeah. um but also yeah i love true crime like we also even just in real life are exposed to news articles and things and and all kinds of just yeah gnarly things that happen in real life of people yeah just killing for no reason and, and being desensitized to both the art and the real life around that. So yeah, I don't know if that informed my viewing experience, but I didn't find it super interesting. I mean, that's, that's fair. I think that, you know, it's the fact that it feels random. I would, would be my assumption is that at this point in time, you know, and and this but was like, sort of like a one of the first slashers, if not the first. I know people say, you know, we can talk about Texas Chainsaw in a second, but you know, as far as other slashers in the genre, it's like, well, these people are going out to the woods, or they're going off alone and having sex, or they're doing this. Whereas in this one, it's like these people haven't done anything; they're just living in they're living their day to day lives. And suddenly this killer shows up and starts, like, demolishing them. So, to me, I understand why nowadays it's like, oh, he's killing randomly. That's, like, a common occurrence. But I think in 1978, I believe, when it came out, that was pretty scary of just, yeah, somebody could just show up on Halloween night in a mask and start cutting up the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, I do think that could be... I mean, it's... It's scary when anybody comes, cuts up the neighborhood for any reason, right? Like, it's not, it's not, shouldn't be a normal thing uh, by any means. But I just, I never watched actually any of the sequels because I didn't find any of this super interesting. But like, he keeps fucking coming for her. And I'm aware of that just in the pop culture of it all. And that this reappears and, and becomes a running theme. And I'm just like, why? 
Well, I, so it's I interesting. Like, I think I'm not a huge Halloween fan. I'm not a huge I fan have of friends the franchise. I'm going to be very upset when they hear this. It's okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate them. I've seen almost all of them, but if I ranked it, it wouldn't be in my top two of the, the slasher bunch. Maybe not my top three. But with Halloween, it's interesting because I think it's the only one where basically you can pick your own path of lore because different sequels mm-hmm. Do follow different, different rules. Yeah. So if you follow the earlier, it turns out, oh, Laurie Strode was Michael's sister. Like they reveal that early on. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. But then Laurie Strode disappears after the second one. And like, th- then when it comes back to H, then they do a bunch of shitty sequels. And then at like, H2O. Why is he to kill his sisters? Like, I just, whatever. It's fine. But like, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, going into a bit of like, the, if you want a reason behind it, well, here you go. And then in H2O, it turns out, yes, but I don't think he they does do come any back of that to her. In this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that they give a good reason. In, that's the point in this mo- but i don't i don't find that interesting. if you don't find like it interesting said, that's fine that's what i'm saying like yeah. i want a, I would like at least some modicum of a story other than this guy lost his mind and went and started stabbing people and you know again i could watch it for 20 minutes i can watch it for 30 minutes like whatever i just two hours of this is too much for me i, I get where you're coming from i think to not to go down a super dark path i really don't want to do that but i think that to the average person not just the average female but the average person thinking oh i've pissed somebody off in my life enough that they're gonna murder me that's one thing to think that there's somebody who doesn't even know you and has no reason to want to kill you but they're gonna come stab you to death that to me is infinitely scary Hmm. so maybe that's the point maybe that is why i don't know and again that would uh that would make sense with a lot of like true crime that you hear out there yeah. of just that fear of of yeah somebody random coming yeah, to get like you. No so, reason, just you were there. That's, maybe so. You know. Maybe that's why. I mean, it sounds like there's maybe some meeting reasons in the later ones, but I would personally take this off my list. It would definitely not be number two. I understand why in film, like you said, just the ways the ways in which it kind of uh, changed the stories that are out mm-hmm. there and the way that it was shot and all of that. I, I get it. I respect it as a film. Um, it's not personally enjoyable for me, so I'm not going to watch it every October. I'm not going to watch it for yeah. Halloween. I would absolutely replace it with, gosh, a bunch of others. But one of the one of the first ones that comes to mind is uh, I love The Lost Boys. I think this Ooh. is... I love Lost Boys. Uh, it's not quite a 70s. It's an 80s flick. Um but it's it's such it's such a classic. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, it's eighty seven. Jason Patrick, um, it's it is both fun and an interesting story, and well shot, and a great soundtrack, and quintessential eighties film. And I just I could watch it like over and over and over. So I would absolutely replace this with that that's, personally. That's a fair choice. Also, cry little sister, mm-hmm. banger banger of a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would also be remiss to not say that it gets mentioned in the movie Us. If you've never seen mm-hmm. Us, there's mm-hmm. a little shout out to Lost Boys at the beginning of that. Um, I don't have a ton to say about the Lost Boys. I've seen it twice, maybe, and I enjoy it. Not a big vampire guy, if you can't tell by my Ooh, list. I love um, See, you're a zombie guy, and I'm a vampire I'm a, girl. I'm a zombie guy. I'm not a zombie yeah. girl. I'm a vampire girl. Give me a zombie or a guy in a mask murdering people. That's usually my go-to. 
Any vampire movie, that's my go-to for <laughs> sure. I also love that like Jason Patrick is turning into a vampire, doesn't realize, asks the girl mm-hmm. who 100% knows that he's turning into a vampire. And she's like, I can't tell you, but you know what we can do? We can totally have sex right now. And I That's just... every guy would fall for that, though. It's like, I need to distract him for two to three minutes. Right. Let's have sex. She's like, listen, yeah. you know what? I can make him not focus on him changing into a vampire. If I just have sex with him, he will be fine. I also, you know, it's beautiful. And it's, again, so The 80s. sex scene? This, these, is beautiful. The scene in oh. general of, like, her just coming to him and being like, I can't tell you. And just physically where it's all uh. shot and everything and then yeah the sex scene like they have this beautiful quintessential 80s sex scene i feel like i think we just discovered a future top 10 episode most beautiful sex scenes (laughs) in film let's uh let's uh continue on so halloween it's not my favorite of the bunch but i under i pay homage to like sort of what it did Mm -hmm. for the genre so that i'm gonna stick with it on my list for now i respect it i understand the choice we're gonna close it out now with with the number one uh one we went on a lot of rants we apologize but also we don't so the number one is not what you're gonna expect i didn't expect it you didn't expect it i want you to think in your head right now like after hearing all of these selections so i'm gonna list them out from 10 to 2 right now for everyone we go scream halloween town the exorcist the blair witch project it the witches Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Halloween. I want you to pick any movie in your head of what you think is going to be number one on this CBS product of entertainment online, only streaming films. What's going to be number one? And you're not going to and you're going to be fucking wrong. Yeah. So Mackenzie, what what do we got here? Number one, drum roll, please. What We Do in the Shadows, 2014. The motion picture, the not, motion the picture not the TV show. The motion picture, not the TV show, which has since come out. That's why I say 2014. But it is it's not, on there. It is not my number one. It is not, I think, any number one that anybody would expect. Is it, here's my, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly summarize my opinions about this. One, again, Harkening back to the cabin in the woods conversation earlier where yeah. I was like I didn't know it was a joke and so I couldn't enjoy it right I knew coming into this it is a joke I was super able to enjoy it it is fucking hilarious facts there is there's no argument it is hilarious it's beautifully shot it's so creative it's such a creative concept I I love the originality of it yeah it's very hard to find an original idea these days mm-hmm. and I love that for us here um it is so fucking funny, <laughs> but is it a Halloween number one? Absolutely not. Number hard one, disagree. hard no. But I mean, the fact that this film from New Zealand, I, I'm not sure of the extent of the production company. Maybe it's just because I'm an ignorant American. I assume it was a semi-indie production. It seems low budget. But the fact that this spurred like, a what television yeah. series with none of the same actors, but similar stories and like yep. a, the producers, writers, etc. And it continues. It's like season five at this point, and I love all of it. Yeah, it just speaks volumes to how creative Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. This is an Erla Taika Waititi uh, Oscar winner, yeah. Oscar winner. But I mean, like it's now that we especially know him even better, it's so on brand and hilarious and his style and all of that. But I think this was, again, one of the earlier appearances of 
that his work and that kind of work into for American audiences at, at the very least. And, yeah. um, again, it was so creative. It was so original. It was so well done. It was so funny. And, and as you said, it inspired this whole new series, which I admit I have not seen, but I love, I love that they have taken, it, taken it and run. I, I mm-hmm. imagine it's very funny. It's on the list. Going to watch it. Uh, but this is so fucking hilarious. It's like, turning the the reality tv genre on its head um it's just also just funny but it's beautifully costumed it's beautifully shot and for such a low budget especially like the production value is so great um i loved it i think it's a really great movie i would absolutely recommend it to anybody who wanted to see it i remember being forced into watching this by the (laughs) way this was not something i wanted to see when i first saw it when it came out one of my best friends she uh made me do it and man was she was she right and i loved it um but no it wouldn't not only would it not be number one for me it wouldn't be on the top 10 i i wouldn't watch this i don't want would not watch this every halloween this is not the vibe that i'm going for when i say top halloweeny kind of movies creepy movies whatever and i think that that's again speaking to like the overarching vibe we've been talking about like i'm not looking for a funny movie when I'm when I'm chilling and watching my Halloween yeah, stuff. Yeah, we've got different vibes. I think this one for me sort of mirrors what I said about Shaun of the Dead of it takes the zombie genre, pays homage, still makes a great film out of it, but gives you some laughs and references along the way. So I really, really do enjoy this one. I mean, I could sit here and talk about just... Mm-hmm. It's like joke after joke after joke. It's it's so perfectly scripted. I feel like you get a giggle every 10 to 15 seconds in this. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. perfectly paced. There is a story. It's got some emotional, you know, pull there with uh, Viago and him wanting to date this woman who's now yeah. in a nursing home. Yeah. Like, you know, this person he fell in love with when she was in her 20s. And he's had to watch her grow old. You get that component. You get the friendship component. I also love that it's component. funny, though, where he's like, you know, people wonder why she's dating somebody <laughs> six times her age or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> robbing the cradle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy this one. I saw it on a whim. All I knew was Jermaine Clement was involved, and I knew him from Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about New Zealanders, man, but they get me. That, oh, that get style you. of humor. They're funny. Yeah. They're funny. I love that humor. It's like, it's that unexpected, you know, I don't know, left hook. Like, you don't think it's, yeah. you don't know it's coming, and it's funny. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a really great film. I don't think it personally would be on the list. Now, replacing it with any one thing is going to be very hard for me. Like I told you earlier, my top 10 is really more like a top 15. Um, which is cheating. Which You're not is allowed cheating. to do that. I know. Oh, my God. Okay. But um, I think one of the ones I haven't mentioned yet. Oh, I can't even do. This is so hard. I think one of the ones I haven't mentioned that yet that I would really want to be on here is um, is a Sleepy Hollow. Okay. I love a sleepy Jonathan home. Depp in there. Yeah, Johnny Depp, that fella. Um, you know, this is one of the... It has a very similar vibe to another movie that... Well, I shouldn't say a similar vibe, but just a spooky vibe that he likes, which is another one he does is From Hell. That's another one that's mm-hmm. an honorable mention for me. Jack the Ripper story. Either one of those, honestly, could plug in here. But Sleepy Hollow is just that classic story again that yeah. I love. Um, and it's beautifully shot and it's got some incredible people in it. Uh, and, and it's, 
one that holds up for me when I watch it over and over and over. So that for sure is one. But yeah, I have a half dozen other honorable mentions from Hell, Practical Magic, you know, a bunch of these guys. But um, if I absolutely had to pick to replace one, uh, probably a Sleepy Hollow feels like it's missing for me. It's a solid pick. I, I think I only saw Sleepy Hollow maybe twice. But that's another one. Refresh my memory. Is that the one that has the like witch jump scare at the very beginning? Am I making that up? Uh, no, there's a jump. It's not the very beginning, but yeah, there's, there is an early jump scare okay. for sure. Cause that's um, one that does stick with me. Assuming I'm yeah. thinking of the right movie I think you are. of like and a witch in the forest. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, it's like, I don't remember a ton about that movie, but it stuck with me. So in my head, I'm like, dude, sleepy hollow is fucking scary. It sticks with you. I mean, the headless horseman, it sticks with mm-hmm. you, but it's like a, it's a Washington Irving novel and it's, you know, it's so beautifully, it's such a great adaptation of it yeah. as well. And Beautifully shot and again really good music as well. I love this. I love the score to that. Um, and it's gross. Like it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't shy away from the gore yeah. at all. But I. I also don't think it's overly gory. I think it's appropriately gory. Um, so I. Yeah. I really love that as a Halloween flick. But yeah, I also watch Practical Magic every single year. You know, both of those yeah. I've already watched. It's what October nineteenth is when we're recording this, and I've already watched both of those this year. So this month. Yeah. I, uh, if I'm being honest, and we can, maybe we end up cutting this, who knows? But I feel like we didn't do, I know that it's not on your list, but according to Joel or Joel, number one is what we do in the shadows. And I don't think we've discussed it enough. So I would like to just know what other gags or lines from the film stick with you. Like, what are your favorite jokes? Even if it's not on your top 10, anything else that stands out to you from what we do in the shadows? Um, as far as gags, like I love, uh, when they're like innocently showing the cops around (laughs) and like think that this is all super normal and they're just showing them around. I love that scene. But his soul is in hell. Yeah. Yeah, And I love, uh, I love his thing. Like I said about the robbing the cradle. That's one of my favorites. (laughs) Um, I like when they like. He's giving Taika Waititi's character is like giving the tour and opening the door and like there's this like orgy happening on the wall. <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> that's and a reference to uh, not Interview with a Vampire. Is that it? Should be Interview with a Vampire. Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula, maybe. Well, it could be either one. To be honest, yeah, like otherworldly, the bed is on the wall kind mm-hmm, of view. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But it's very like prototypical vampire vibes. But it also feels yeah. feels like weirdly innocent in that context even though it's obvi- it's obvious what it is it's far enough away and the way it's presented is very funny it's almost like these vignettes of these classic vampire stories as they're getting yes. this tour you know yeah. what i mean and so, i think that was intentional yeah. it was, too yeah, i'm sure it was because yeah. they sort of talk about what era each of the mm-hmm. vampires was Are made a vampire and so that oh my that god sort and what's plays. his face who's like he's like i've been a vampire for two months and, uh nick yeah, yeah nick yeah. and he's just like popping off and he's so annoying <laughs> and yeah no i i do really like it i think it's very very funny but um but i didn't re-watch it for this one but th- so those are the one those are the main ones that stand out but circling back that what would you replace it with or would you keep it on the list which or one you- was yours again uh, I did Sleepy Hollow instead That's of right. what we do okay. in the shadows. But like, would you replace it? Would you keep it? What What would you do? So for me, it would feel like sacrilege to not include either a George Romero film, uh, a Sam Raimi film, 
there are a handful of other folks who it's like to not have one of them on my list would just be it would piss a lot of people off Mm -hmm. so with that in mind i'm gonna leave what we do in the shadows on my list i think i'm gonna put it (laughs) it's not gonna be at number one yeah it's not gonna be at number one i'll put it you know eight through ten somewhere but i just if you've never seen this i understand it's not super scary but this is one that I will watch every single year. It's got incredible rewatchability. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. It's got a couple little scares here or there. I think everyone should watch it. So just for the, you know, for the reach that I have of the six people that are going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> watch what we do in the shadows. I'm going to throw it into my top 10 just so that people will go see it. I love it. There's I feel like we need a part three to this. You know what I mean? Eventually. I like just like these are all the three. things we forgot to mention. But there are so many good scary films there out are. there. So make it make an effort. We probably forgot a lot. Let us know what which ones yes, we left out if we didn't we mention forgot. them at all. Yeah. We'll also make a, you know, hopefully we'll make it to this time next year and we'll do another one. Thank you so much for joining us for our inaugural handful of episodes. Come back next week where we are going to talk some Quentin Tarantino uh we're gonna do a little, mm. little bit of a face off kind of conversation we're he didn't talk. direct that for the record <laughs> he did not direct that uh but we're gonna face off a couple of his of his works i think we're gonna talk some inglorious bastards and some pulp fiction yeah so um, uh, for, for for my end thank y'all for for joining us for the first few weeks of this podcast but also you're welcome because mm-hmm. if you're a horror movie person we just helped you extend spooky season by a whole week so by a whole week you know and you know you're not done with spooky season. At least I'm not anyway. No, so no. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Again, thanks for joining us. Go now. Have a drink and watch a thing. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.